as the chocolate is getting passed out. Our scripture reading today comes from Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 11, and I'm going to be reading from the message translation. God told Jeremiah, up on your feet, go to the potter's house. When you get there, I'll tell you what I have to say. So I went to the potter's house, and sure enough, the potter was there, working away at his will. Whenever the, pot, the potter was working on turned out badly, as sometimes happens when you are working with clay, the potter would simply start over and use the same clay to make another pot. Then God's message came to me. Can I do just as this potter does, people of Israel? God's decree, watch this potter. In the same way that this potter works his clay, I work on you, people of Israel. At any moment, I may decide to pull up a people or a country by the roots and get rid of them. But if they repent of their wicked lives, I will think twice and start over with them. At another time, I might decide to plant a people or country, but if they don't cooperate and won't listen to me, I will think again and give up on the plans I had for them. So tell the people of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem my message. Danger, I'm shaping doom against you, laying plans against you. Turn back from your doomed way of life. Straighten out your lives. This is the word of God for the people of God. So at the Hershey's Chocolate Factory, one of the jobs is an inspector of Hershey's Kisses. And each inspector, every minute, inspects about 20,000 kisses to make sure that they are perfect. They have to be the right size, they have to be smooth, and they can't lean at the top. They have to be perfect. But if they're not perfect, the inspector removes them from the belt and puts them in a pan where, where they are sent to the rework process. And the rework process is where the imperfect kisses are melted down, some new chocolate is added, and they're sent to get molded and inspected again until they are just right. And when they're just right, they're finally wrapped and sent out to be bought. In today's text, the prophet Jeremiah hears God tell him to go down to a potter's house where God will deliver a message for the people of Judah. Now, it was common for the people in Judah to go to the potter's house because their clay jars wouldn't usually last that long. So they'd have to go get a new one. And when Jeremiah gets there, he notices that the clay the potter is working with is fighting against the potter's hands. The potter's having trouble with this clay. But instead of just throwing out the clay as if it's no good, the potter starts the process again with the same clay. 
Just as every imperfect Hershey's kiss isn't just thrown away, it sent to the rework process. It started again. It can sometimes be easy when we look at today's passage to hear the anger in God's voice about how his people have gone astray, how they're not listening well. But I don't want us to concentrate on on that anger. We're going to talk about that a little more next week when we look at a passage from Exodus. It's also easy for us to just keep at least that word destruction in the background. But remember, the potter's hands are skilled. And even though the clay resists the potter's hands, the potter doesn't throw it out. It's still good clay. And the potter keeps working with it. I think all of us know those places of resistance in our own lives, like the resistance that the clay was giving the potter. We know the resistance as individuals and as a community. The resistance in trying something new because sometimes it's just really easy to stick with what we know because it's comfortable. Even the bad stuff and the problems that we face, we know them, so we know what to expect. And so sometimes we are just good with sticking it out with what we know. And so we resist change. We resist something new. We resist sometimes letting go of something. And we also just know the fear of the unknown. The fear that can sometimes happen when we feel God calling us to do something new fear of serving someone or loving someone that we don't really want to show kindness to. And so we resist. Or when we feel like God is telling us that we need to go somewhere or serve him in a new way, we can resist because it's just more time that we have to make for something else. We all know those places of resistance. Again, as individuals and as a community. Because this passage, and really the majority of the Bible, is meant to be read and understood in the context of a faith community. That's who God is addressing. His collective people. But... We can also understand these passages as individuals because it's as individuals that we form a community of faith. And so for us as individuals, what is this passage saying to us? Well, even though we're not really looking at the word destruction, there's still a call for us to straighten out our lives. 
call for repentance for us to do a 180 if necessary and make sure that we are facing God. To make sure that we are always examining our hearts. Making sure that we're not just doing good things for ourselves, but we're doing good things so that others can see God in us. We always have to be inspecting our own hearts, thinking about what we need to let go of. Or something new that we might be called to do. In the last two weeks, we talked some about God as a refining fire. A fire that can consume and destroy in us. A fire that can remove from us what is not of God. The interesting thing about clay is that clay can easily break if it doesn't go into a fire. Because it's when it goes through the fire that clay is strengthened, that becomes harder. It's given a longer life. But again, going through the fire, that's a decision that each of us as individuals has to make. A decision to trust a God who is a refining fire so that we may be strengthened. But again, it's, it's as individuals that we form a community. And God is speaking to us as a community in this text. God is talking to us as St. Matthew's in this text calling for us to remember that he doesn't want to just shape our individual lives, but he wants to shape our life as a community. He wants to make sure that how we are treating one another is loving and holy. He wants to make sure that the ways that we are using our resources and gifts is good and worthy and and faithful. God wants to shape who we are and what we do. And we can sometimes resist this as a faith community because sometimes God might be telling us to let go of something we've always done. Or God might be calling us to do something new, which means stepping into the unknown. And when things are good, it's really easy to just get comfortable. As individuals and as a community, we just stop listening to God because, hey, we're we're at a good place and we can just keep going like we're going. But God is always shaping us. God is always calling for us to respond to his hands, to his movements, to his voice. But as a community, we have to be willing to come and let go of our own individual desires and interests. And remember that we are part of the whole. 
that God wants to use us as a church, as a people to do something new, to be faithful, to walk together, to challenge one another, to not rest on being comfortable, but to always strive for what more we can do for the kingdom. To never stop listening. But still, as individuals and as a community, we can hear that word destruction sometimes. And if we think about what's been happening around our world, the flooding in Louisiana shootings around the world, the bombings, the wars, the diagnosis of a cancer that seems so prevalent. The things happening that, that we just know shouldn't be happening. And we hear that word destruction and we can sometimes begin to wonder, have we gone too far? And we can get scared and we can become stuck and disheartened by everything that's happening in the world. By things happening in our own lives. But we have to remember that though the clay resisted the hands of the potter, the potter didn't throw it away. The potter kept working Because God is not done with us. God is not done with humanity. God is up to his elbows at his potter's will and are making and remaking, praying and hoping that we respond as individuals and as a community of faith. That we respond and allow our potter to shape us. Because God is not going to stop trying. God is not going to ever throw out a piece of clay. He's going to keep working throughout our lives, praying that we respond. He's going to keep trying to shape us until we become who we were created to be. A people who can make mountains move because of our faith. A people whose identity is part of God's royal priesthood. A people who know that we are beloved and want others to know that they are beloved too. That they are are never going to be thrown out, that they always have a chance to respond to the hands of our potter. But we all have to decide as individuals and as a community if we're going to respond to what the potter is trying to do or if we're going to resist out of 
being comfortable, out of fear. It's up to all of us to decide, to pray about where God might be leading. Because when we respond to the hands of the potter, when we're faithful to how he is trying to shape us, amazing things will, be, will happen. Things that can only be explained by the presence of a living God. If we choose to be faithful, if we choose to trust, if we choose to be willing, willing to not shut our ears to what God might be telling us now or shut our ears to what God has told us in the past, willing to not just be comfortable with what is or comfortable with earthly security, but always striving after him, always pursuing him. We have to be willing to never give up hope, no matter what is happening in the world. We have to be willing to never give up hope because we know that there is a living hope, that there is a living God. And so we mourn the heartache of the world. But we know that it is not the final word. We never stop moving. We never stop pursuing him. We never stop trying to listen to the hands of the potter. When God created everything, when God shaped people and called all things into being, God called creation good. And no matter how many times we as a people have turned our back on God, no matter how many times we think that we've just gone too far, God has remained at his will, refusing to throw us out, refusing to give up, out of love and devotion, he remains. And that's why God sent his son into the world to remind us that he is never going to give up on us. And so Jesus came and and he took a loaf of bread and, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that I am going to willingly break so that all of you will know that brokenness will never be your final reality. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood, my love that I will pour out to pull the broken pieces back together and hold them there. 
after this meal, Jesus gave his life so that we might know life without end. And from a day of darkness, when destruction and death just seemed like our only reality, light broke forth and God let us know that our potter, our potter has made our fate certain that we're walking towards our eternal home. We're walking towards our Father who stands with open arms. And so this meal reminds us of the great love of our Father, of our Potter, of our Savior. This meal challenges us to respond to the hands of the potter, to be faithful, to allow him to shape us, even when it calls us to be uncomfortable or calls us into new territory that we might fear. This is the meal that nourishes us and reminds us we do not go alone. So Lord, pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. I guess one in ministry with Christ and with one another until your son returns and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty father, now and forever. Amen. If those who are helping to serve would now come forward, I just want to take this time to let everyone know that this is the Lord's table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church to come and take communion. You just have to be willing to come and want to meet God. And so when you come, we invite you to come up the center and if you have an offering, you can place it in one of the baskets and then you'll be given a piece of gluten-free bread and then you'll be invited to dip it in the cup and then return to your seats on the, on the side aisles. If you want to get another piece of chocolate, help yourself <laughs> to remember that nothing gets thrown out in God's house. Or if you feel led to come, kneel, and pray, I invite you to do so. Because this is a meal that Jesus invited us to take, to remember.